You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. Hey River, Merry Christmas to you, and I'm excited to be able to take a couple of minutes to share with you from God's Word this Christmas morning, and I uh, hope and pray that you're with um, friends or family. If not, I uh, hope that you have some time alone with, uh, with God as we celebrate our Lord's birth this morning. You know, I remember in Luke 2 when uh, the angels came to announce to the shepherds, and it's still amazing to me that God announced to just the humble, common shepherds out in the field. He didn't, uh, didn't announce it to the kings initially. He announced it to just humble shepherds. And those angels came and they said, you know, unto you is, this day is going to be born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that they would find him in a manger uh, laid, wrapped in little cloths. And then they said, ultimately, here's the point of this Jesus, this Savior who is coming today. It will be glory to God in the highest, that Christmas is to bring glory to God, and that it would bring also peace on earth among people with whom God is well pleased. So I want to talk to you this morning just about what that Christmas peace looks like, what what God wants for us with peace in our life. So let me read to you uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. This may be an unusual Christmas passage, but I think you'll see where I'm coming from when you uh, listen to it. Read with me if you would. You can take your Bible if you have it there, maybe as you gather with the family and friends. But uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says this. He says, Paul says this. He says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Paul is describing to the people what the state that you and I are born into in this world, that we are separated from the the goodness of God and we're without God, without Christ, and without hope in this world. But now, in verse 13, he says, In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is, here it is, he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. He's brought unity among the the people, the Jews and Gentiles. We'll talk more about that in a minute. He's made them one through what he did on the cross. And he did it by abolishing, in verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And he might reconcile us both to God. Not only did God bring through Jesus peace between people, but he reconciled us. He brought peace between us and himself. Reconcile us both to God in one body. How did he do it? Through the cross. Thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who were near. I want you to notice this morning, just just briefly as I share, four things about Christmas peace and about what God has done through Jesus on the cross. I want you to notice first and foremost that what Paul tells us is that peace is is a person to know. He said in verse 14, he says, Jesus, for He Himself is our peace. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God, is our peace. Peace isn't first and foremost an emotion to experience, something to have or possess. I have peace or I'm at 
rest or rest in peace we will also talk about. But peace is first and foremost a person to know. He himself is, is our peace. When we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get to experience God's real peace in our life. You know, peace is such a, it's such a big thing in the Bible. I don't know if you've picked up on it or not, but it was normal in Jesus' day when people would greet one another to say the, 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 the Hebrew word, the, the shalom. It's the idea of peace. We might say, hey, how are you doing? You know, how are you? What's up? Whatever you might say. But in that day, it would be shalom, which meant, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I hope that you are blessed in your life, that God's blessings is on you, that you are safe and you're secure. It's kind of an all-encompassing kind of wish. And, and, and so people who are blessed of God had God's peace. And so it would be the normal greeting of people. And when those angels came, they knew that this was a big deal and they wanted us to understand the significance that this is God bringing His blessings to us, bringing His peace on us, that peace comes to us through Jesus Christ. It doesn't come through any other avenue in this world. Nothing in this world can bring us the peace and the blessing and the joy, the security that the Lord Jesus brings. And so this Christmas, I don't know where you are in your heart, if you're troubled, if you're you know, have questions or just a little uncertainty or a little doubt or fearful. I don't know where you are in life, and maybe you're okay, but, but if you have some of those things in your mind, I want you to realize that this morning, the Lord Jesus is your peace. When you have a relationship with Him, when you've surrendered your life to Him in faith, and He is your Lord and Savior, you have His peace in your life. When you don't have Jesus, you don't have that peace. And so my challenge this morning is if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, that you might do that today, that you might experience that peace. And so maybe if you're a little troubled this morning, lean in to Jesus. He's the source of that peace in your life. Maybe you've been harried or running around, I don't know, but lean into Jesus because he's the one that brings peace in your life. He is that peace. He's the one you need to be close to. The second thing about Christmas peace is not only is it a person to know, but it's a, a family to belong to. What Jesus did when he died on the cross is he purchased our salvation. Our sins separated us from God. That's why we were without hope and without God in this world. And when he died, he paid the penalty for that so that we might be forgiven of our sins and might be at peace with God. I'll explain a little bit more of that in just a minute. But when we, when we realize that we're without hope and without God, and we turn to the Lord Jesus, and we give our life, and we surrender ourselves to Him, committing our whole and our life and our future to Him and our salvation, the Bible says is that God puts us into a family, that we're adopted into the family of God, and he puts us in a family far bigger than anything we've ever known. Paul, as he's writing this, he's explaining and unpacking how the gospel that Jesus died for our sins removes the hostilities, removes the distinction between Jew and Gentile. And instead, God puts us together as one new man. That's what, that's what the Bible says when Jesus was talking in, in or. Paul was talking in verse 15, he says, He abolished the law of the commandments. In other words, all the Old Testament commandments and all the ordinances are done, they're completed. And so that he might put together in place of the two, one man, and so making peace. 
I love what Galatians chapter 3 says. Paul expounds upon that a little bit differently, but he says it this way. He says, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, they're talking about a spiritual baptism. When we trust Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we are immersed into Jesus Christ. We're baptized into Him. So I'm not talking about water baptism. It's talking about a spiritual baptism because we're baptized not into water, we're baptized into Christ. But he goes on and he says this. He says, when we've been baptized into Christ, we've put on Christ. And the result is this. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There's neither nor male and female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Guys, this is so astounding that when we trust Jesus Christ, the identity in our life becomes our relationship to Him. It is no longer what our gender is. It is no longer what our nationality is, what our race may be or not be. It is no longer whether we are a slave belonging to someone else, or if we are wealthy, whether we are free, it matters the thing, the classifications and the categories in this life have no distinction whatsoever that we are belong to a family. You know, it is easy to walk through this world and to feel alone and to feel that you're different or you're, you know, don't have that kind of connection. And maybe you even feel a little lonely this Christmas season. I'm not sure but I want us to recognize that the Lord Jesus puts us into a family. And those things that separate and divide that the world gets stuck on, that we as God's children should move well beyond that. And that's why we as a church can have people of all different backgrounds and all different categories and classifications what the world would see and things that divide and polarize and people get upset about and try to fix the only thing that really fixes it is being put into a relationship with Jesus Christ and on the cross that He levels that playing field and we are all together one in Him. So I want to encourage you to, you to celebrate that you're a part of a family, a family much bigger than anything else that you've ever been a part of. And it means that we genuinely should receive and accept everyone as one, as brothers and sisters in Christ without any distinction but it also means that we are placed into that in an incredible way, and that is something to celebrate. That's that Christmas peace that Jesus came to bring to us uh, that we might get, get to experience. So not only is peace a person to know, it's a family to belong to, but it's a salvation to be purchased. Listen to what Paul says. He goes on and explains this. He says that in verse 16, that Jesus might reconcile to us Reconcile us both to God in one body. How do you do it? Through the cross, he says, thereby killing the hostility. You see, this Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming. We celebrate that he came, and we know the end of the story. We know that right now we're in the middle of the story. The end of the story isn't just that he died on the cross and rose again. The end of the story is that he's coming back, and we don't experience that yet. And so we're in the middle of it. We're kind of in the third quarter, if you will. And when Jesus came as a baby, maybe that was the beginning of the, 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 half of the second quarter, or maybe that's halftime, I don't know, in the beginning of the third quarter. But we are, literally, we are living in that third quarter, pushing toward the fourth. And we celebrate that Jesus came to purchase our salvation. That's why we get to have peace, as peace is talked about throughout this passage. 
It was on the cross. It is kind of an oxymoron to think that that which was so cruel to the Lord Jesus, to have him hanging there and beaten and mocked and spit upon and crucified, that that baby born in the manger that we celebrate this weekend, that grew up one day and took upon himself your sins and mine, that he took upon himself the hostility, the anger and wrath of God that your sins earned you that would be coming toward you. But Jesus stood in the way as a shield and took upon himself the wrath of God. You see, peace was a salvation to be purchased because you and I were without hope, and without God in this world as we read earlier. Because Jesus becomes our hope. He becomes the only thing that we know that can rescue us from our sin. As you know, I enjoy the outdoors and pretty much all things outdoors. I have no interest in climbing Mount Everest because I don't have a death wish. But uh, one of the things that we, uh, my kids and I have done many times is we've paddled the Schoharie River, the Schoharie Creek, in the spring when the water's high. In the late summer and the fall, it's kind of a slow river and it's shallow and rocky and all of that. But when the spring, when the snow and the rain and all of that comes, it fills up and it rushes down and it's a fun thing to do and it's a blast. And so we'll spend an afternoon and, and run the river and turning and going over rocks and inevitably somebody always goes in. One canoe at least always fills up and goes in because we didn't quite hit it right. And, and there's kind of a notorious spot where we like to go about a couple hundred yards just from the very end where we take out. But there's a, there's a ledge there and it's a drop off and it's a waterfall and there's just kind of a series of things. If you don't hit it just right, you're going in. Well, a couple of years ago, it was my turn to go in. As we started going over that, my daughter's is in the front, and I saw that we were about to go in, and I just kind of bailed out, and I kind of righted the canoe as I went in. And I, I'm not a good swimmer, and the water is deep, and it's over my head, and it's a current and all of that. But we wear a life jacket because I needed hope. I wore that all along the trip just in case if I went in that I'd be covered and taken care of. The Bible says is that without Jesus, we have no hope, none whatsoever. That you and I are swimming in a sea of our own sin, of our own disobedience to God, and the punishment of God comes upon us because of that. But Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, He is our life jacket. He is our Savior. When we put our trust in Him, it is us committing to Him. So our Faith and our turning from our sin is really more of a surrendering to it. It is a literally not just saying, I think that life jacket can save me. It's us putting it on and trusting it. And I remember when I fell in the river for a split second, it was kind of, you know, the water's cold and it's a little overwhelming. And all of a sudden you find yourself not where I want to be. And I'm not that comfortable around water. And, uh, and I a little immediately kind of like, oh, no. And then I settle down like, wait a minute, I've got a life jacket. Everything's good. We'll figure out how to get over to the shore and take care of it. You see, Jesus purchased that salvation to give us hope and eternity and a security that we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to, when we surrender our life to Jesus, we don't need to wonder, am I okay? And wake up the next day, or is everything okay? Is it, we are wrapped in His love and He cares for us and we can settle. And even if we're in an uncomfortable spot, that we know that we're okay. And if you haven't surrendered to Jesus Christ, if you've not received Him and made that commitment to Him, 
It's like you paddling down that river without a life jacket, and you are going to go in, and you will experience the punishment of God eternally without forgiveness of sin and salvation. That's why this message to the earth was so important, is that God was bringing that hope and that salvation to forgive us of our sin, not through a denomination, not through a particular church, not through a religious rite, but through His Son Jesus, that baby that was born, who would one day die for us. So the fourth thing that I want to leave you with is not only salvation is a person to know, He's Jesus, not only is He a family to belong to, is that when we receive Him, we're put into a family and together, and there's a unity and a harmony that God puts us together regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our identities, that our one identity is that we're a follower of Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. And not only is it a salvation to be purchased, that Jesus made all that possible through what He did on the cross, but it's a message to be received. And that's the last thing I want to leave you with this morning. Jesus says in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, that He did this, that He might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. When He died, that's, that hostility was killed in that purchase of our sins. But in verse 17, He says this, And He came, that's what we celebrate for Christmas, He came, and He preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. Peace to those who had no inkling of God in this world. To the atheists, to the, to the idolaters, to the, to the ones worshiping that which they did not know, Jesus came and preached peace. To those of different religions, different faiths, people of no faith, different backgrounds. And He came and He preached that message of salvation at that time to the people who were very religious, who believed in God but who had yet not yet really known God and never surrendered their life to Jesus. Some of you listening this morning, some of you fall into one camp, some of you fall in the other camp. Some of you all your life, you've grown up listening to about God and knowing who Jesus is and have known that He's the Savior, that He died on the cross for your sins and rose again. That's been a part of your life. But that gospel message still had to be preached to you because that's not good enough. You have to step forward and receive Him and yield and surrender your life to Him. You have to give yourself to Him. It's not enough to, to have a whole life been going to church and, and doing all the different religious things and the ministry kind of things and trying to organize your life and be a good person. None of that is good enough. If the message to be preached was that Jesus came and died for you and that you can't be saved without Him and you're without hope. Without God in this world until you surrender to Him. And so this morning, that Christmas message is for you. That you might receive that gift of salvation simply by faith. Simply by saying, thank you. I imagine if you're, as you listen to this, you've probably opened gifts already or maybe you're about to. But the nature of a gift is you don't do anything to earn it. If you did, it wasn't a gift. It would be pay. But gifts by nature are something that somebody gives to someone else because they love them, they care about them, they're thinking about them, and they made a commitment to pay for something, that which the other person didn't pay, in some cases, can't pay. And the gift that Jesus offers is what you and I could never pay for, and that is forgiveness of our sin, freedom in this world, genuine peace, 
through his blood on the cross. And all you and I have to do is to open our hands and say thank you. And we receive it and we surrender our life to the Lord Jesus, turning from our sins and trusting him. Some of you this morning listening to this need to make that simple step right where you are to even just bow your head and close your eyes and nobody's looking or nobody's around and privately and simply say, Lord Jesus, I know that you died for me. I know, I believe that all my life, but I've never really just told you that I commit myself to you. And this morning, I'm committing myself. I want you to be in charge of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I trust only you and what you did for me on the cross and you rose again. Thank you. Some of you need to simply take that step of surrendering, just that moment in your heart of committing that. But the gospel is preached to those who are far off. Some of you, your whole life, you've not known God, or maybe you've known about Him, but you hadn't really made a decision, maybe you just really weren't so sure, and you're really not that religious of a person. It's the same step for you. That when as God is speaking into your heart and you are beginning to realize that not only is God real and not only does He exist, but He wants us to know Him and he wants to overcome the evil and the wrongs that we've done and that we might experience forgiveness and we might experience a cleansing and a freshness in our soul to know the things we've done that are wrong. And, and Jesus came to take the penalty for that junk, to take all of our guilt and all of our shame. When that makes sense to you, you also need to step forward and to say, I get it, God. I want Jesus to be in charge of my life. Why wouldn't I commit myself to the one who gave everything up for me? And I also want to surrender, turn from my sins and those things I've done wrong and to trust Jesus. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you've not, if have never taken that step of faith and if you find yourself in either of those places to do that. And if you have this morning, remember that our hope's not in packages and in seasons. Our hope's in a person. That peace is a person to be known. And so draw near to Jesus. And if you're troubled and in turmoil, we find ourselves that regularly. And I have to remind myself, everything's okay. I'm going to go to Jesus. You don't find it in a hope in a bottle or an extra thing, an eggnog. You don't find it in more gifts on the tree or more chocolate. You find that peace in Jesus. And maybe you've wrestled with it, but if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, rest in that. Know that you're okay. Just like I had to make consciously realize, I'm all right. I'm in the water. I don't know. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not comfortable. I can't touch bottom. I'm getting pushed along. The waves are up and on me. But I'm okay. Jesus has got me. Rest in that this season. So wherever you are, lean into Jesus, I pray. I'm so thankful that you took time to watch this. I pray that God has used this in your heart. I'm going to pray, and that will close out our Christmas message today. Father, I pray for those who have watched this this morning. Lord, I pray that they might clearly understand and in the hubbub or the, the busyness of life that they know your peace through your son Jesus. Lord, I pray for those that need to take that step of surrendering faith, that they would do that today. Help that to be clear to them, Lord. I pray for the Holy Spirit to convict of sin and open their minds and hearts to that reality. And Lord, I pray that we would all consciously focus on the peace that we have today. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to uh, 
to enjoy the family that we've been put into, to be committed to one another, not let distinctions and differences keep us apart or keep us prejudiced. That Father, that we would know that our identity is not in our race. Our identity is not in where we're from. Our identity is not in any distinction that, that this world has to offer. But our identity becomes in you. Thank you for that, Father. May we find our hope and our future in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. 